Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And thanks for the help we get from AOC Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. We'll help you keep it running. Dan Burns, good morning to you. I know you're uh, you're on the go this morning. We're glad that you joined us, though. Happy New Year to you. Thank you, Denny. You too. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's uh, good to be here. It's snowing here a little bit, light snow, and twelve degrees. Folks are calling in already. If you have any kind of a car care question, don't wait till uh, seven forty-five because Dan will <laughs> be gone by then. Uh, call us now or send Dan a text six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Or send a text eight one eight zero seven. I got a question, Dan. You and you and I were talking uh, last week or the week before about uh, tires. We talk about tires a lot, and the uh, low profile tire tires. You said that you really got to watch it. You got to make sure they're fully inflated. Did I say that correctly? I mean, is that is that true? You did say that correctly, and. Uh... The reason being, if you look at that, by low-profile tire, what we're talking about is uh, when w- the space between the road and the metal rim, the amount of rubber, the, how tall the tire is. And on many tires or many of the fancier, you know, uh, 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 sports car type tires, maybe that's only two inches or so. So unless your unless your tires are fully inflated to be able to support uh, hitting a pothole or so forth, what can happen is a it'll you know damage and destroy the tire, or b it will it will hit so hard that it there's not enough cushion there, and it will actually bend the rim. Mm. And we see we see a lot of that with potholes. I pretty much every day we're we're sending a rim out to have it reconditioned. The good news is with, uh, as I just said, the good news is on many rims, when they get damaged like that, they can be sent out and repaired, which is good news because some of those rims are $1,000 a piece. Yes, so, very expensive. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's get to, to the phones. Folks are calling in already, Dan, and uh, text. By the way, phone number, there's one line open, 651-989-9226 for your car care question. Dan has been helping us out here we figure about 25 years or so here on CCO. Uh, send a text if that's easier, 81807. Let's see who's been waiting. Uh, Russell's calling in from Burnsville. Russell, you're on CCO with Dan. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And to you. Thank you. Uh, I was wondering about the longevity of synthetic oil. Uh, I have a car that it's an 80... 2015 Fusion with 81,000 miles on it, and in the last, it's taken me almost 11 and a half months to go 5,000 miles with it. Now, 5,000 miles is the oil change interval I've used with full synthetic ever since the car was new. And I'm just wondering if, because I don't go as many miles as I once did with it, if uh, length of time is maybe almost or more appropriate to change synthetic than miles. Well, I think it is. It's 
my advice to people, if, if your vehicle is a daily driver, if you're driving it every day or every couple of days and, uh, and you're out and about, you should, you should change your oil at least twice a year. And the reason being is, you know, startup is probably the hardest part of a car or hardest thing on a car. And so if you're starting it frequently, then uh, the oil should be changed. It's not at all that the oil that you asked about the longevity of the oil. It's not at all that the oil will break down. It will not. It'll be fine. But it's a question of how much condensation and uh, fuel will get uh, will will get into the oil and dilute the oil and wreck and wreck the and wreck the oil that way. So uh, the longevity of the oil is great. It would last forever, actually. But the uh, but the stuff that happens to it, the damage to the oil because of the car, is uh, why it should be changed. Now, if it's just a seasonal driver, if if you only use it in the summertime and uh, it sits all winter, then changing it once a year would be just fine. And then uh, stick with your schedule. Yeah, very good, Russell. Thank you. Good question. Uh, Russell leaves that line uh, open for you at six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. If it's easier, send a text. Eight one eight zero seven. John's calling in from Bloomington, Minnesota, with a question. John, you're on CCO with Dan. Yeah. Good morning. I, I have a good friend that uh, he's very smart, super cheap, and doesn't have any mechanical ability whatsoever. He's got a 2005 uh, Hyundai Santa Fe, eighty thousand actual miles. Uh, car doesn't leak oil, and he parks it in a heated garage Sunday or Christmas Day. He was on the freeway and made a lot of racket, and he pulled off. He called me and brought over two quarts of oil, and we his dipstick was dry. We put in two quarts, and the sound it was making was like the old cars from the 60s, like tappets. And uh, next day, the uh, the sound didn't go away. Next day, a, a local garage told me he needed a new engine. He maintains that if he stays off the freeway, drives slowly and very infrequently, that uh, he'll be okay, and if he keeps the oil level up, I say that car is going to either seize up, or or the engine is going to blow up, or it's going to catch fire. I'd like your thoughts, and what would be a cheap way to fix this? Well, there, I, I mean, I'm I'm trusting what the local garage is saying. So, if they say that it needs an engine, it's because the noise that you're hearing is internal engine damage, and. Uh, you know the, it, the the something came apart, and if there indeed is something broken inside the engine, then they're right. Uh, it'll need to be replaced, and you're right. Uh, I wouldn't worry about a fire or anything like that. But uh, the engine is just going to quit one day, and he's going to be stuck. Yeah. So, you know, and, and and I don't know when that's going to be. It might be today. It might be a year from now. You you never know. So he might be right too in that if he drives it gingerly and. And uh, and I, I don't, I'm not hearing the noise, so I can't tell you if it's coming from the top of the engine or the bottom of the engine. Um, but if he drives it gingerly, then he he might get some time. But uh, there's probably, assuming what the garage is telling you, there's probably no cheap quick fix to uh, to repair it. All right, very good. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. That's the phone number. Text number is eight one eight zero seven. Uh, let's see, Barb is calling in from Buffalo, I believe. Good morning, Barb. Happy New Year. Thank you. Same to you. What can we do for you today? I have a 2008 Pontiac Torrent. It was running fine, and just one day, I had no power. 
not even the dome lights in the inside of the vehicle would come on. I put a brand new battery in there, and I still have no power. I got people telling me it's a, a fusible link down by the starter or that great big maxi fuse, that 80 amp one. What are your thoughts? Well, I think you have. I think you're getting some good advice. You should listen to those people. The next thing okay. you should do is ask them if you should ask them if they can help you check those things because uh, that's probably what it is. You know that you have a good source of power at, in, at, you know, with a, with a brand new battery. You know that the battery is good and the power is not getting to the car. And so yeah. that's as you were telling your as you were telling your story. My thought was uh, this is probably a pretty simple fix. Everything everything is dead. You can start at the battery itself and, and follow the main battery cable to wherever that goes. Follow the positive battery cable and uh, at that positive battery cable. And, and we just we just keep checking for power along the way. At that positive battery cable, there's some connections. And at that connection, somewhere along the way, the power goes away. And then you can go back just one step and, you, and you'll find out where you're problem is and it's it could very it's probably not a fusible link on a car that new they they don't use them that much anymore but uh but the way when they were saying it might be the 80 amp or 100 amp maxi fuse that's probably what you're going to find is is one of the fuses is or big fuses blown but the bigger question is once you find out where the fuse is blown the question is why is it blown because it takes a big jolt to blow a fuse like that and uh, so that you'll have to uh, probably get some help figuring out why that fuse blew, uh, because if you uh, just put another fuse in, there's a good chance it'll just blow again. All right, very good, Barb. Thank you. Good luck with that. Thanks for the call. I know we have to break here shortly for a quick break, but, but by all means, if you have a car care question for Dan, call it in or text it in. Let's grab a text before we take this quick break. Uh, 2004 Camry. It's a four-cylinder it's got 226,000 miles on it. Texter says it requires a quart of conventional oil every 8,000 miles of mostly city driving. No evidence of leaking. They've had it serviced by Toyota ever since it was brand new. Anything I should do or could do to reduce the oil consumption? Is that strange, a quart of oil every 8,000 miles? No, I, in fact, I think that's probably a typo, I bet. I bet they meant 800 miles. Maybe, maybe so, yeah, because I thought 8,000. 8,000 miles, yeah, they should be changing oil. Every three uh, if it's conventional. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so maybe let's say yeah, it is 800 so. then. Uh, yeah. Is that strange? No, that is, you know, no, on a car with 200 and some thousand yeah. miles, what happens, Denny, is the in, the internal part of the engine gets loose in, with that many miles. You know, the metal wears away slowly. And where oil is supposed to be completely sealed internally, you know, where oil's not getting into the combustion chamber, those seals are starting to fail a little bit. And it's not catastrophic. It'll be fine. Uh, you just have to add a little bit of oil. But but what's happening is while you're not seeing a bunch of smoke coming out of the tailpipe, it really is burning a little bit of oil. And it's just fine. You can keep it full of oil. Add the oil every 800 miles or 8,000 miles. Uh, Whatever the case a is. A brand new car. A brand new car will use a quart of oil in eight thousand miles. Yeah. So that would be that would be exceptional. But uh, if assuming it's eight hundred, uh, no, that's just fine. Put a little oil in it, and you'll be fine. 
All right, very good. Dan, hang on. We're going to take a break. I want to alert Daryl and Andy on the phone. Hang on. We're going to get your questions answered when we come back after the break. ASC Certified Technician Dan Burns is with us. Had a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our car care show here on CCO. Dan Burns has uh, joined us again from Lloyd's Automotive, which is located where, Daniel? We are at 982 Grand Avenue, right in the heart of St. Paul. Uh, you can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give us a call next week. We're closed today, but give us a call at 651-228-1316. Very good. We'll repeat that number before you leave us today. Uh, If you have a car care question, you can call it in or text it in. I see one line is open at uh, 651 Nine eight nine nine two two six, or send a text like other folks are doing, eight one eight zero seven. Let's go back to the phone. So Dan Darrell is calling in from Zombroda, I believe. Darrell, good morning. You're on with Dan. Yeah, Dan. I've got a 2015 SRX Cadillac, and I've heard this squealing noise for probably a year. When I drive through the main street of, of our town, the squeal is kind of high-pitched, loud noise that my wife can't hear it but I can hear it echoing off the building as I drive through the street. Now, when I rotated the tires last time, I told a guy about it. I said, we've got a problem back here. There's a squeal. And he can't hear it. He hasn't heard it. We took the wheels off. We even put a little lubricant on the brake pads and stuff like that. The brake pads are fine. They're, there's plenty of wear left on them. But we cannot figure out where this is. He even rode along with me once. And he heard it, too, also, as we were driving out of town. Maybe between 20 and 30 miles an hour is about when you can hear it. And like I said, it doesn't do it all the time, but we don't know where it is. The guy thinks, well, maybe it's something to do with the parking brake. Do you have any questions or answers, or have you heard of anything like this before? Well, I haven't heard of it specifically for your car. I don't. That's not ringing a bell of being something common, but... Commonly, we will find that uh, a squeal, a, t- a, a uh, intermittent squeal noise like that, will be coming from the parking brake area. Maybe the backing plate on the, be- behind the brake has gotten a little rusty, and a piece of that rust will be down touching an axle or something, or something that's spinning. I assume the squeak is happening when the wheel is turning, um, but. Uh, that, that that's the kind of thing that we find is where some rust has gotten behind there and expanded things and will cause the noise. The trick is to decide which wheel it is, if it's the driver's side or passenger side. And and usually the way I do that is I'll drive down an alley or something with both windows down and, and you can hear which window it comes in. But, uh, but decide which side it is. And then somebody's just going to have to take it all apart and see what they see. Uh, one of the things that they'll look for is a shiny spot you know if if something's rubbing and i'm sure it is they'll see where where the paint has rubbed away or the rust has rubbed away and it'll be shiny and that's how they'll find it but somebody's going to have to be willing to get investigative and and figure out where the noise is coming from all right good luck searching there that detective work you 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 do this a lot don't you dan you have to and you and your techs have to uh, drive these vehicles to actually hear the sound yourself well, you know, the hardest, the hardest repair for us is intermittent. Yeah. When somebody says intermittent, that's kind of scares us right away because it's like, oh, boy, am I going to hear it today? And, yeah. 
and you get halfway down the road of, of diagnosing it, and all of a sudden the symptom goes away, and, and you're back to square zero. So, uh, yeah, intermittent's a challenge. It's but, a tough one. But those squeaky th- those squeaky things, we always get to the bottom of those. So okay. there's there's a way to find out where that's coming from. So there's light at the end of that tunnel, Daryl. So thank thanks for yep. the call. Uh, that's for sure. Tell you what, Dan, hang on. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with Dan Burns from uh, Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Dan, we have callers, we have texters. Let's see if we can't do kind of a lightning round here so we make sure we get uh, everybody some help. Andy is calling from Marine on St. Croix, I believe. Thanks for waiting, Andy. What's your question? Hello, Andy. Oh, there he is. Okay, sorry. I'm kind of in a hilly area. That's okay. Um, So I've got an older vehicle that I use for a commuter. And I'm wondering, when I warm it up uh, at work and at home before I drive, does it make any difference? Is, it, is there any benefit of just warming it up in neutral or in park? Or is the flow system exactly the same in both, uh, both positions? Uh, you must be talking about the transmission flow or the, yes. or the flow of coolant. Right, the transmission. The transmission flow, yeah. Uh, well... It's not exactly the same, but for your purposes, it doesn't make any difference. So uh, when you're warming it up, I would, for safety purposes, I would let it warm up with it in park. That'll, okay. that'll be just fine. Okay, very good. Good, good thought. Thanks, Andy. Uh, Kevin's calling from uh, Elk River, I believe. Kevin, you're on CCO. Good morning. Yeah, hello. Take, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I have a friend with uh, a 2005 uh, Mercury Monterey uh, minivan. It's got a 4.2 motor in it, 140,000 miles. It starts up fine, doesn't miss, runs smooth, and it starts to fade out and stall. If there is a test port, I, I understand Ford motors have some have test ports on the fuel rail, some don't. Does this motor have one, 4.2 motor? Yeah, I, I don't know without looking that, or looking at it or, okay. or looking it up. But Yeah, I, the, brief, I uh, briefly even, looked at it. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Yeah, even if, there is, even if there's not a test port... There's, you know, any or any professional shop would have a, a, a way to hook up a fuel test or a, fr- a pressure gauge uh, with some adapters. You know, you disconnect a fuel line or whatever, and it's it's not a big deal. It's just a question of having the right adapters on hand to uh, to test for fuel. Okay, very good. But yeah. I I I actually don't know uh, without looking it up if there's a test port or not. Usually, if you look on the fuel rail. Uh, that's where it would be up on the engine on the fuel rail, and it looks like kind of like a like a it has a Schrader valve like on a tire valve stem. That's what you're looking for. Hmm. Okay, there's some homework for you there, Kevin. Carol is calling from Mora this morning. Hi, Carol. Hi. What can we do for you? I have a problem with my blinkers. This um, summer we were in Colorado, and they quit working on us, but then they would start up again. And it, they would quit and start, but now they for a while they've been working for a while. But now my problem is with the brights. It will I I can turn the brights on, but I can't turn them off. Hmm. Ah. It, and uh, what kind of car is it? I didn't hear that. Oh, I'm sorry. I have a um, a Ford F one fifty. Yeah. So they. The turn signal switch and the headlight dimmer switch are the same multifunction switch. They're 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 related, and 
because you're having trouble with both of those uh, areas, that's where I would start looking is, you know, that, that plastic cover around the turn signal switch comes off pretty easily. Uh, somebody's going to have to take that cover off and do some investigating, but I'm pretty sure you're going to find that the uh, multifunction switch, which is the turn signal switch, has failed and will need to be replaced. Okay. You've uh, had that done before, haven't you, Dan, huh? You had to do that. Very, yes. Yep. It's actually very common. Pretty on common. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we replace those often. There you go, Carol. Thank you, and Happy New Year to you. Dan, let's uh, try to grab some text messages here before we uh, run out of time. Here is one. It says, Good morning. When my mom sits in my passenger seat in my 2012 Mazda 3, the airbag light comes on even though she uses the seatbelt. She only weighs 93 pounds. Any thoughts on that? Thank you. That comes from Jill. <laughs> well, she's a tiny person. Yes. But, but 93 pounds is enough to to allow that system to work. <clears throat> and what it sounds like is when that system is activated, it's there's a fault code that's stored in there. So if you bring it into your shop, they will uh, interface. They'll get they'll put the hook their computer up to your car's computer and get information about the airbag system. And I'm sure there'll be a fault code stored in there. Maybe it's the sensor in the seat, or maybe it's the seat belt buckle that's not working right. But something's not working right, and because it fails its self test, then it turns on that light and warns you that it's not working. So. Uh, if you bring it in, they'll be. It'll be a pretty easy process to diagnose it. Uh, I don't, and I don't know how complicated it'll be to fix it. Sometimes it can get a little complicated. But you can narrow it down to. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, we can figure out what it is. All right, uh, Dan. There's a question about uh, air filters, washable and reusable, and they mentioned the Can uh, brand uh, or mm-hmm. the disposable ones. Which do you re- recommend? Well. I recommend the disposable ones because while the clean the ones that you can clean work great, uh, the, you know they, if if you maintain them properly, they work great. Uh, trouble is, people don't maintain them properly, mm. and and because of the color of them, oftentimes they don't look that dirty, and yet they are. Uh, so you know the manufacturer recommends or or you know the original equipment may, or uh, air filter is a disposable one, and I'm always comfortable with. Whatever the engineers designed, I'm fine with using that. So both are great. Either are great, but they both need to be maintained properly. Very good. Uh, how long, Texter says, will your new car battery last? My battery is six and a half years old. Should I look to change it? I would change that now, today, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would change that before the cold weather comes because in cold weather is when it is when batteries get... Uh, cold weather and hot weather, but uh, we'll talk about cold weather right now. In cold weather, there's a lot of demand that's put on your battery, and uh, you don't want to get stuck out somewhere uh, with your battery failing. So uh, I would that's plenty long. If you get six years out of a battery, you've done very well. Uh, I would probably change my battery at five years uh, just because they, they are a wear item. They, they will not last forever. You know, you hear stories of people who will say that, you know, my battery is 10 years old and it's still running fine. And that's true. That does happen. But that's rare. They they generally do not last that long. So it's a wear item and it needs to be replaced on schedule. 
Well, I guess what? We have run out of time, Dan, and we wish you and your family a happy new year. How do we get in touch with you guys now when you open up next week at Lloyd's? Well, you can give us a call. That's probably the easiest way at 651-228-1316. You can find us on the web at Lloyd's Automotive, L-L-O-I-D-S, LloydsAutomotive.net, or uh, come on over. We are at 982 Grand Avenue, right between Lexington and Victoria, uh, on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Excellent. We hope you enjoy the holiday. We'll see you back here, what, a week from today? Sounds good. I'll see you then. Good deal. Thank you, Dan. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.